This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, James D. Anderson at IMJD Anderson, back with another episode of the Be Great With Your Money podcast. And in this episode, guys, we're going to talk about all things wealth. All right, so let's jump into it. So we're talking about wealth today, man. It's one of my favorite topics to always talk about, to talk about money, talk about how you can get financial freedom. And guys, you know this is a podcast where we talk about business, money, capitalism, and finance, and everything in between to make sure that you're being great with your money. But first of all, let me hit you guys with a couple stats, a couple stats real quick. And this information comes straight from your U.S. government, straight from the census. And did you know, ladies and gentlemen, you probably heard me say this, but let me reiterate it, that you only got 1% of people actually out here that's actually becoming wealthy. You got about 4% of people that's actually going to be those individuals that have enough capital for financial freedom. But guys, you got 67% of people depending on Social Security, friends, relatives, charity, and just really just kind of scraping by every single day. Those are the people that went and retired and then unfortunately had to go back to work after that. Now, here's the thing. You got about 29% of people that's actually dead. And here's the just the problem. There's no idea as far as generational wealth there. Most people are dying. They don't have any type of life insurance. They don't have any type of policies lined up. And ladies and gentlemen, they're just struggling every single day. So we get this perpetual thing kind of going on where we have lack of wealth in certain communities, especially in the urban areas, especially in the African-American community and all the way around. So that's what we want to do this episode today. We want to talk about wealth. Now here, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to jump right into it. I got a very special guest here, uh, Mr. Raphael Wright. Now this guy's a two-times author. He's actually building business, serial entrepreneur. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, he's got a killer, killer thing on the, on the forefront here on his next business move. So I'm super excited, man. I'm thank you that you actually came down to kind of kick it with us. So brother, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How about you? I'm doing awesome. Good, sir. So for the individuals that's listening, all right, that don't that do not know anything about you, you know, give them kind of the the couple minutes, just kind of definition of your mission, what you're trying to do, because I know we vibe a lot on the finance end, but tell the people. Uh, you know, right now, well, you summed up a little bit of it. I'm um, serial entrepreneur, um, but I've gotten into social entrepreneurship as of late past few years. So um, right now, I'm focusing on building communities, um, our communities, you know, the inner city, the hood. I want to make the hood great again, and I want to do it in all aspects. But I'm starting with food. Okay. So here in Detroit, I'm working on opening the only black-owned full-service grocery store. Right. Which is, that's, you know, still, it does something to me to say that. You know what I'm saying? We're the blackest city in America, and we don't own a grocery store. We don't control any aspect of food production, distribution, or anything. So um, I want to tackle it there because if we don't feed our folks, how can we lead them? Right. You know, so. That's dope, man. Now, um, where you at? And I know when uh, you had came on Shop Talk Podcast before, you were just kind of in the beginning stages getting things out there. So where's the progress at now? What's the update on uh, the uh, food store? Uh, we got store? a lot of progress since then. Um, the challenges have been, you know, in our way, you know, no no doubt with that. But the ground that we've broken has just been, you know, unheard of. And, you know, thank God for it every day. Uh, we've locked in on a few spaces. Uh, we got some paperwork on a few as well. Um, just seeing where the right um, where the right fit is. Everything has to align, and that's where it gets real freaky at. You know, when right. something fall, falls out of whack, and you got to kind of start over. But uh, we've been pushing, man. We've been pushing um, a lot of the city um, financial opportunities have come in our way. 
Um, the support has never left. Anything's gotten bigger. And uh, we just still rocking on with it, still rocking on with it. So still going to be east side. So the, the, the locations that we found are east. And uh, we just move in and see where the best fit is at. Right, right. I feel that, man. All right. So, man, you say you guys are actually out here hitting moves and stuff, getting over the obstacles. Is it just you? You got a team in place? Got a team. Um, you know, from day one I had a team. Now, you know, those parts move at times. So, you right. know, people, we break up and then, uh, you know, p- other people jump in the fold. But for the most part, it's always been more than one person. Okay. Which is, uh, you know, a blessing as well because I didn't come from the industry. Right. So I knew from day one that I was not going to even try to pursue this by myself. That's something that we do a lot anyway as African-Americans. Man. We just do hustle, hustle, hustle solo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a little counterproductive for me. So I know for this big project, you know, you would need the heavy hitters to help out. I hear that, man. I hear that. Now, just for the listeners, right, you young, young black male from, uh, you know, Detroit doing your thing. Drop your age for them so they can get so they can get a scope. Because the reason why I say that because so many individuals they hit that wall. They say, "Well, I'm too old to pursue my dreams," or "I got kids, I got a family, I just I can't I got to play it safer right now." So just give them a scope. Where you at right now? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Yeah, so I'll be thirty this year. That's what's up, man. Congratulations. And so you dropped the you came in serial entrepreneur and you're doing what you do. Big moves on the horizon. So. Take us back 10, 10, 15 years ago. How did you navigate to being an entrepreneur, to talking about money and putting that as your forefront? Uh, something I always wanted to do. You know, I hated jobs. <laughs> um, I hate uh, I hate listening to, to, to authority. Not listening to people, but listening to authority. Right. It's not really a, a fan of that. Um, and, you know, you love money, and you know that working the typical 9 to 5, it, it's a struggle to get money. You know, I saw my parents doing it, so... I knew that's something I didn't want to do. I knew I wanted to work for myself, and I could control my time, and I knew that I could control my horizons. I, I, I'm a strong proponent of, of, of betting on yourself, right? and I really wanted to do that for sure. So um, it started as a teenager, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I was on eBay before eBay became the cool thing to do. Right, right. Um, I was online, you know what I'm saying, and I went to high school and sold any and everything under the sun, so my sales skills picked up before I even hit college. It's just throwback jerseys to candy to cars to, you know, some other stuff you may not yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, sold it all at a young age. So by the time I was in college, I, I could have taught a class. Right. You know, and, you know, as an adult, you know, you just, just evolve and, you know, get better at it. So um, I started my first official, official business with an EIN number and all of that right after college, mm-hmm. media company. Um, you know, started a few projects within that, you know what I'm saying? I started the club online, I sold that, uh, released the books that, you know, are out now. Um, and then I started investing, so that was another business that I started. And, um, you know, just got involved in a lot of other businesses. Right. On an investment in, you know, since then. And now we got the grocery store. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. What, um... I know, I know how it is as far as looking for space, looking for the right. You want it, you want it to be right, but... Listeners, you got anything for them as far as the tentative date? Uh, well, originally it was supposed to have been fall of this year. You mm-hmm. know, we may have to push that back for those reasons of finding the right space. You know, um, and it's and it's not because it's not perfect. Uh, it's we black, you right. know, and a lot of our land opportunities are limited. You right. know, uh, most of the land here is Chaldean owned, and 
you know, they're not the most sophisticated to deal with. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's been instances where a sales sign was on the space. We go to it. They take the sign down. Oh, wow. So that's the the type of thing that we're dealing with, you know, aside from, you know, you got a funding gap and all these other things. So originally it's supposed to be in the fall. Uh, We may have to push it back, but that's still where we push it for, fall 2018. Okay. That's dope, man. That's a lot of... A lot of work, man. I mean, when you talk about that grand scale of opening up a grocery store, you know, and I'm, I'm not, and I just, I want to stay here for a minute and talk about it because a lot of individuals, when you talk about business, especially black-owned businesses, okay, and I love my people to death, but I keep it real with them. That's why I always preach, you know, distribution, 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 you know, wholesaling, you know, things of that nature, because we tend to be real service-oriented. People, okay? We're real good with the barbershops, the hair salons, the car washes, the service, the one to one peer basements. When you start talking about a grocery store, I mean, you got not only just the food loss to deal with and the distribution loss to deal with, but I mean, where you got your wholesalers lined up, you got your distributors lined up. Are you going to do anything with like the local community, like the farmers market type of setup? What's yeah, we got we got um we got the wholesale distributors lined up. We got all of that lined up, and we're and trying to be innovative, so we're working with the local gardens and gardeners and food businesses as well. That helps our margin grow mm-hmm. because, you know, food is just a razor-thin margin business regardless of if, whether it's a grocery store, restaurant, et cetera. But, growing, you know, going local, you know, you you know get a cheaper rate. Um, you help the overall economy. So socially is, is, is the right thing to do, right. you know, number one. You know, even higher, as far as hiring people, you know, for hiring in the hood is right. far better than going outside. So, but all that stuff is lined up. You know, it's just a few other things that come and go. And that's, you know, and going back to what you said, where we're good at the barbershops and those things, what we got to realize is that a lot of our businesses start out of need, mm-hmm. you know, because I can't get a job. I'm just going to do the best thing I can. Absolutely. This type of business is, you know, a higher scale and it's catering to really the survival of a community. So it takes a lot that, you know, goes into it far more than what I expected when I went into this in the beginning. A lot goes into feeding people, you know right. what I'm saying? Like outside of the laws and all of that, like you really have the the pulse of your community, you know, at your feet when you're feeding them. So, you know, it's it's a tall tale. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a very tall order to take on. So it's going to take time. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, man, I'm looking forward to it. Um West side, east side, you got places that you're east. looking on both yeah, east, east side? West side is a little more um, set. Okay. You know, it's more deserted on the east side. You know, and a lot of the redevelopment is going on east as well. So okay. we want to take advantage of that opportunity, you know. And that's not saying we don't want to come west. We want to go everywhere. Absolutely. So, you know, we want to start east where there's more of a need, you know, but there's more of an opportunity. You know, right. it's a little bit more competitive over here. And, you know, they have some pockets over here for sure on the west side. That's dope. But we want to go east and start there. All right, man. Without, well, dude, I'm looking forward to it. Of course, you 100% got my support and my family for sure, man. Um, I think that's I think that's huge. Like, I know people might think a grocery store is something every day, but that's a big business, man, and that can scale up when you start thinking about just all the, the puzzles and the pieces going together to make that business be thriving. And what you talked about is the margin in the food business itself. You know, I worked in the restaurant business. And there are certain things that you just make no money on. You take it as a lost leader, and you have things that you make it up with. And just being, um, you know, just being associated with things like the seasons, right? Things with harvest seasons and, and things of that nature that can impact, you know, the huge amounts as far as the grocery store. So I, I know that's going to be dope when you guys come up on top, and then 
you know, I could say, hey, I sat down with this brother when he got, you know, 25 grocery stores up across the United yeah, States. Came man, up on top in a monopoly, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because it's something that we never done. I've never said first black on, but that's where the, the culture is taking it. Mm-hmm. But I understand why, because we ain't never seen this before, which is sad, but, you know, it's empowering it, you know. I'm a part of that generation that's gonna bring it. So absolutely, man, absolutely. So let's jump into to um, a couple other things here, man. So um, wealth, right? So Jay was like, "Yo, reach out to this guy. This is this is sharp young brother. You guys will get on tune as far as when you talk about money and business and things of that nature." And I was like, "All right, so let me check the guy out." You know, so I went out, saw the book, hit you with the hit you with the message on Instagram, like, "Yo." Tell me to reach out. Let me let me grab a couple of copies of the book. So, before we jump into that, let's talk a little bit about the first book because wealth is book number two for you. Okay. Yeah. So the first one, what was the title? And also, did you think that you would actually be writing another book? Because it seemed like they came out pretty close to each other. Yeah. The first book is called How to Hustle, um, and that's an entrepreneur guide, um, but as Speaking from the perspective of a street hustler, mm-hmm. um, that's honestly that was those were my first teachers because I didn't grow up in a privileged community like most of us. Right. I grew up where the first businessman you see is the drug dealer mm-hmm. or the pimp or the street mechanic. You know that's where I grew up and that's what inspired me. Not per se to take on those trades, but to just work for myself. Right. So I took all of those lessons and I put them in a short manual. Um, that's what started all of this storm with me in general. Um, the second book, I started it immediately after the release of the first one. So, you know, a lot of stuff I start is, you know, if it comes out now, that means it was already in the play. Thing was, I had to shelf it because the grocery store project mm-hmm. picked up. Um, but when 444 came out, you know, with, with uh, Jay-Z, um, I said I had to finish it out. Because right. that was the catalyst. To, it's, it's a lot of these projects, you know, just all inspired by 444. And this is definitely one of them. You know, um, they it was unexpected. I didn't really think I was going to finish this book, and I didn't think that I would even put it out to after the store was open. But I said, hey, I know that we need more time with the store. This could be a good mixtape for the album. Right. So that's pretty much what it boiled down to doing. I like that, man. I like it. So one of the questions I got, when I heard 444, right, I was like, man, like this is like, Right here is like gold. Like everything he said is truth, is gold, is wealth. What he's talking about is what people really need to be focused on in our community, right? right? I was blown away. Like I think I listened to it about two or three times back to back to back to back the whole album. Me too. And I was just like, oh, my God, dude. And like, a lot of people try to make it lemonade too. And yeah. I had to I had to tune those people out yeah. real quick. Like, nah, man, it's, it's something different with this album. And, and you know, it was – I mean, you've been hearing it, you know, with other people, but not at that scale. And mm-hmm. maybe, you know, just because it's who it is, you know, when when a Jay-Z or a Diddy or something, when they say something, it, it, it becomes law. Right, so right. they hear it, but they hear it in a creative way in, in an album. It did something to me that day. Right. That day, it did something to me. So Now, now I always pick with people on this. So were you a title subscriber or did you have to wait a couple of weeks? Uh, my girl's title <laughs> subscriber. Okay. I got, so we split it up. She got the, app, I got Apple Music, she got title. Okay. And honestly, I don't even think she got title. I think she got, she had it from somebody else. Right, okay. And um, uh, they stopped paying it, so then she just picked it up and kept it. You know, she likes the sound, and I do too. Mm-hmm. Playing it in the car, when you, you know, especially if you're traveling on the road, title, 
is far better than all the other streaming yeah. sites for sure. So um, that's that's on the road, uh, you know, our platform there. But I, I'm an Apple Music person, but title definitely is in the house. Right. Just, I don't pay that. I don't pay that bill. <laughs> I I got you. Man. I got you. So. All right, I mean that's that's dope. I mean, like I say, dude, when I when I heard when I heard the album, when I saw the story of OJ, like I was blown away. I think I like went out and immediately like started working on my business itself, man. So financial literacy, right? It's huge. It's broad. So it's so much information. And when I read through wealth, right? I went through it. I killed it over. You know, when I got the books, I went through it. I was like, man, this is a page turner. I'm flying through it, right? I'm absorbing all this information. But financial literacy is so broad. What made you decide to put what you put in this book, and how did you crunch it down to make it so that anybody, because I, I look at this book, and I can see anybody from, like I say, five, six, seven years old picking this up to somebody who's even seven years old and everybody in between. So how did you decide what to put in the book when you kind of broke it down? Um I wanted to kind of be innovative with the style. And it's the first book the same way where it's written how we speak. So grammar-wise, it violates every rule <laughs> in the book. But the thing is, we, we play from behind as black people. So the same thing that you, you're you learning as you're 30, you should have learned when you was five anyway. So I have to bridge that gap some way, somehow. And, you know, I just keep it cultural and say, yo, do it so that kids can, you know, and it's, it's crazy you said that because, you know, there's some, some public school systems in Colorado that just pick wealth up as a part of their, um, you know, you know lesson plan. Congrats, right? man. That's so dope. that's the goal. But for our age, just for them to pick this up, too, and say, I didn't think about that or, you know, I didn't know that. You know, I wanted to be able to bridge that gap and not intimidate people from picking up a book and mm-hmm. reading it, you know. And I think in our community, we need instant gain. We right. don't need to see 500, 600 pages or something. We need 100, 150 that get right to the point and, and get you moving. That's right. the goal is to get you moving, and you can figure it out a lot later. But get moving now, and the basics is already in place, and you can, you know, learn as you grow. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I went through it, and I said, okay, I'm a person that talk about finance and know a lot of money, right? I sat back with, I was like, all right, let me just – read this as if I had no knowledge of what it was, right? And what I gathered from it is I was like, this is this is actually structured from beginning to end that where a person can basically come in and know nothing about money and, like you say, end up at the end and get moving. So in the book itself, man, um, let's talk about Chapter 12, the components of net worth. Bro, who balance sheet was that that you put in the book, dude? Man, I so I, I, I took some data, you know what I'm saying, and – Something simple, and this is uh, I got I got challenged with that with a few people. Okay. It was like because of most of the people that's around me, we all kind of move the same, and right, we right. were mildly frugal or extremely frugal. But I'm talking to five, six different people, and they like, man, I buy I buy a pair of Jordans or two, three pair a week. Right. Um, I go out to eat three, four times a week, or I do all these things. Every, you know, and I do, you know, consulting in finance, mm-hmm. you know, one-on-one, and I'm doing the math, and I'm like, dang, this, you you realize how much you're spending? Right. In one year on, you, this is shoes. Right. You know this is shoes. This is what you spent on shoes. And I saw that a lot. 
just from 2016 up to, you know, when, you know, I kind of fell back from it for the grocery store purposes. Right. But I'm like, do you realize you said you go to starters or you go here every week, at least two, three times a week for lunch or sometimes dinner or both? I'm right. like, do you realize this is how much you're spending? And I did, that was a composite of just different consultations that I had did. You right. know what I'm saying? And I'm like, I was baffled. That was, you know, that, that crazy, you know. Yeah. And I'm halfway there. But just for student loans, nothing else. Right. These are other people that can make thirty-two to thirty-six k a year and and can really make some stuff happen. But that's this is what they're doing. Right. Yep. So that's that was a composite of different consultations I had with people, and and I just made up a mock balance sheet. So right. yo, this is what people are doing. No, nah, I mean it. It definitely hit home, man. Because one of the things that I thought was dope about the the balance sheet is that. It gives you the illustration of where it should be at with money, right? But a, a lot of people, especially, I'm going I'm to I'm talk straight to my people. Black people, we think that because we don't want to pay it, we're not liable for it. Right. So you had, like, down there, like, the warrants, the unpaid tickets, yeah. the, all that stuff there. Like, we know it's something we owe money on, but I done sat down with a lot of people, and they got, like, debts and cars repossessed. And just because yeah. you don't want to pay it, yeah. Don't mean that you're not liable for it, and yeah. it still affects your net worth. Your net worth, and, and just because you don't want to pay it, don't mean you're not gonna. Pay yeah, you're gonna it. pay for it. It's gonna pay. <laughs> it's gonna come out some way, somehow. You're gonna be consequenced mm-hmm. or punished for that, regardless of whether you want to or not. It's gonna come out some way, some way, and somehow. You know what I mean? Like just because you don't want to pay the child support, don't, don't mean, mean it ain't gonna <laughs> come. Mean it ain't gonna just come because out. you didn't want to pay that ticket, don't mean that it's not gonna come back for you. It's gonna come back. Yeah, that's and I thought that was like dope because a lot of people they say, oh, you know, you talk about the financial gurus, right? They be like, you know, make make your balance sheet, and you know, it's always groceries and gas and all this stuff. But it's like, nah, there's other expenses, and maybe you know, I'm just gonna say this to be kind. Of, I won't say condescending, but I'll be a little facetious. Maybe in other cultures, right? They don't experience yeah. the the unpaid tickets, the license reinstatement, yeah. and all the child support. Maybe they don't feel yeah. it, but I know in our community. That's real. Those are real expenses, yeah. and I just thought, like, I I never saw out of all the finance books I read, I never saw somebody break down a balance sheet of what's really out there. Yeah, and that's you know, and that's one thing that we have to do in our culture is mm-hmm. that we have to you know one we got to beat people up a little bit and say yo you are playing around you know in that sense yo look at how much you're spending on shoes right but also. Don't feel that bad because we are playing from behind because of who we are. Because we black, there's a lot of stuff that has not been in place for us for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And we're affected by it today, you know, and if we don't make an effort today, our children are going to be affected by it tomorrow and so on and so forth. So a lot of this stuff is kind of not our fault, but the stuff that is our fault, we need to take control of it. So right. that's that's another angle that I wanted to hit with this book to say, yo, we, you know, and Jay said it in 444, we're screwed because we never had the tools. Right. So it's not that we are, we just effing our money up all the time. No, it's a lot of people right now making a real assertive effort to become financially independent or at least have a program in place, and they just can't because of how far they are behind. Right. So let me for the for the listeners here, and I don't want to spoil none of the book, but give them the one sentence definition of what the balance sheet is for. Like, what's the one sentence deal? They gotta go get the study and get the book. 
to go through it and break it down, but just give them one sentence just for people that might not exactly know what the balance sheet is and how to calculate net worth. Uh, balance sheet is just that balance. When you're looking at what's going in and you look at what's coming out, you want to balance that and you want to make sure that more is coming in and going out. And that's what the balance sheet allows you to do. It gives you a, a, it gives you a sheet of paper that lets you know what's going on with your pockets, you know. And you can feel it, but, you know, to see it is more humbling. It's kind of like getting that that doctor's note, you know what I'm saying? You go to the doctor, you feel funny, but when that doctor come in with them results and say, you know, this is what's going on with you, it hits home a lot different. So that's what the balance sheet does. It's something that you can visually see that gives you a real rundown of what your pocket's doing. Right. That's dope, man. I mean, I was like – like when I read it, I was like, "All right, he, this this right here is something different. I ain't never seen in the book before." Now I'm gonna jump a little bit towards the towards the middle now. So chapter 28, man, you talk about dis- diversification. So multiple sources of income, hedging losses, widen portfolio. Usually, there's diversification can be like a whole book by itself. Mm-hmm. Why did you feel the need to like throw it in on in this in this book here? And kind of, you know, usually it's separate, right? You got your personal finance and then you got your investment books. But I feel as though you you threw the diversification and not to say that it wasn't needed, but why was that particular one important? Because you kind of in, embellished a little bit on that too as well. Yeah, I think that um, in, in our culture, once again, it's catering to our culture. We've been schooled to a certain way of moving. So um, number one, we rely either on a job, which is one source of income only, or we rely on a hustle which is one hustle only. So give everything to that hustle, give everything to that job. The reality of it is if you don't create another source of income, you know, you you are finite as far as a working person. You can only go so hard, you can only go so far. You know, at one point or at some point, you're going to have to stop doing it. And mm-hmm. at some point, you can't run that business no more. So what happens, you know, if you can't run that business, you have to do something else. Right. So that's where diversification comes at. You know, once you make, once you secure the bag, this is what you do with it afterwards. Right. So you want to create a passive income so that you don't have to do the work no more, and it can work for you. You know, that's the overall um, theme of this book is to create incomes that work for you, using money to work for you as opposed for you working for money. Right. And that's huge, man, because just explaining the difference between, like, linear leverage and residual income is such a big deal because – we're taught like a linear income, linear income. You go to work, you go, you get paid. I work an hour, I get paid an hour. Work a week, I get paid mm-hmm. a week. And unfortunately, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a poison that's kind of been dealt. It's kind of a, it's kind of a false narrative because everybody that's wealthy gets paid not from their work. Yeah. They get paid from other people's work, and yeah. they get paid for stuff they did 10 years ago, yeah. and they get paid for ideas. It's not the physical, I have to show up, punch the clock, I have to show up and produce these units, I have to show up. Even even the, the self-employed people, right? Yeah. You know, I love my barbers to death, right? I'm, I'm, you know, I preach to barbers, like, look, get your tax situation together. You ain't even got to hide your money anymore. Right. If you just know what you need to write off, right. then you ain't got to hide it, but... I cut 10 heads, I make $200. I cut 20 heads, I make $400. It's like, okay, how do we grow that into something where you don't have to cut heads anymore? Right. You know, that that's huge. I thought that was was a big take on the book. And, so, And you, I mean, not to cut you off, but you run into a trap when you do that because 
when you want more money, I got to cut more heads. Right. Which means you're going to have to do more work, which means the whole purpose of you doing this in the first place <laughs> is defeated. Like, you did this so that you could be at home with your family more so that you can travel and vacation and, you know, live life. But the moment you see that I hit that glass ceiling financially, I want to make more money, that means I cut more heads. Right. But if you create another source of income that's passive, then you can still cut the same, you know, amount of heads. But, yeah, yo, I'm not, you know, I'm still ma- I'm making more money, but I'm not doing the same work. So, right. you know, that's what it boils down to. I hear that, man. I hear that. Now, I'm going to just jump into the controversy real quick, right? So you follow money, you follow finance. You know, these first three months has been crazy in the, crypt- yeah. in the crypto world, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about. Uh, I think it was like chapter forty four or forty five. You had like the buy and hold strategy. You know, let's 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 kick it right there because mm-hmm. right now in the market, right, it's been taught flip, 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 flip. But you put in there, okay, you need to do your buy and hold, and when it gets to your particular your personal own particular goal, then that's when you can sell. So, yeah. you know, expound upon that a little bit. What you mean directly with the buy and hold uh, strategy you put in there? Uh, I mean, because there's some assets, regardless of what's going on in the market, they're going to do good or they're going to do their thing. Even in the market, you got companies that's on the stock exchange right now that I don't care what the market is doing, that company ain't going nowhere. Right. And that company's going to be solid. Now, the price may go up and down, but you don't pay attention to the price because, you know, you got a good company. Long term, that company's going to do good, mm-hmm. and it's going to only appreciate in the price, and that's what you want anyway. So, you know, some things you buy and you just hold them. You know, some precious metals, they you just got to hold them. You know, and a lot of things, real estate, you know what I'm saying? Like, like think about here in Detroit, real estate floored out. You know, and I know it floored out everywhere, but it floored out 07, 08, 09, you know, even into 2011 going into 2012. But now everything's creeping back up. So think about the people who bought then. Mm-hmm. Look at where they at now. So you got to some stuff you just got to hold. Some stuff you flip. And that's why I provided multiple strategies because some things you want to get them off fast. Even some things that you can hold, you might can flip them quicker. But just have a good mix of all of that. Right. So flip some things, hold some stuff. You know, and do some other things as well. But holding, that's probably where the, the greatest meat of wealth is going to be in, is holding something for a long period of time until, you know, you're a few few decades in. And when you sell right. them, you're going to be like, wow, now I'm glad I did that. You know, so. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I thought that was huge, right? Because, you know, just kind of my thought behind where the market is at right now and where people are being marketed, really people are being marketed to, this idea that you're going to get the wealth there by flipping. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's a different take that you usually don't hear. You know, buy and hold is a real old wealth strategy, yeah. right? That's where a lot of old money comes from. Mm-hmm. That's where you build up, you know, those 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 $100 million networks, yeah. those billion-dollar networks, because people have shares of company or built a company or built a business, and they kept most of that mm-hmm. in their family. That's yeah. where old money really comes from. Yeah. And one of the biggest injustices I'm seeing right now is it's being marketed to to make the quick flips and make the quick flips, you know. Like, I look at how just individuals would have would have just held on to certain shares of stock, yeah. you know, especially in the metro Detroit area. 
Um, there's a lot of like the auto industries here. If you just held on to some of that stuff, it would have been huge. But yeah. people had the greed. People had the the idea that okay, I got to make the money now. Or the or, fear. The fear. They got scared and they said, oh, I got, I'm getting rid of this. You right. know and. That's that's where you know you separate the men from the boys. That's that that shows that you really didn't know what you thought you should have known because all of this stuff is gonna go down, mm-hmm. but it's always gonna come up. Stuff, especially things that's been around for hundreds of years. You right. know, like Apple right now. That I don't care if the if if the market crashes tomorrow, ninety ninety percent of the people in our community gonna have an iPhone. Right. Period. I don't care where you go, you're going to see an iPhone. So that, that says something. Nike, I don't care what happens in the market. Saturday come, that store going to have a line wrapped around it. Right. And that's just enough common sense right there to say, oh, I'm going to buy it and just hold it. It's simple. You know, get into the analysis later if you're passionate about it. But, you know, when we look at those type of companies, hold those companies because they don't go nowhere but up eventually. Right. Eventually they're going to go up. And it's money well spent versus blowing it on something else anyway. Right. And a lot of people laugh at me because I invest in P&G. And, you know, P&G mm-hmm. is tied, Cottonelle, mm-hmm. you know. like and they've been around for 100 <laughs> years, and they're going to be around for another right. 100. They're not know. in sight, and they sell toothbrush, soap, and yeah. toilet paper, right? Yeah. But they've been selling it for, for a long time, you know. Um, those are the types of things that, you know, I personally, like I invest in, um, you know, the Hanes brand, you know, because, mm-hmm. I mean, I've been wearing, you know, Champion and Hanes underwear, mm-hmm. you know, for since I was a little kid, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I look at it from there. Like, I yeah. buy, like, I'm not really, like, the most exciting investor, yeah. but, you know, I I put my money in things, like you say, that I know that's going to be around for a long time, yeah. you know? So there's some things out there that I'm investing in now. Um, and, of course, guys, um, not not a licensed investor on here. So if you're hearing things, just take it as information from our perspective. It's not to say to go out and invest in those particular companies or whatnot. It's just to give you the 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 insight of how we see things. Yeah, same here. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a licensed either, but I got that, that drug dealer uncle's logic. You there know, you go. The guy that didn't go to school. Um, not book smart at all, but he know money. Right. You know, he know money just from number one being afraid to lose it, mm-hmm. and that's a good fear to have. Like I'm, I'm just afraid of losing it. So you just play smart with it. You invest smart. You know, you don't take that big of a risk in some aspects. Some stuff you do, like we, you brought up crypto. That's a big risk to take. Yeah. But you know, take it. But you know, just calculate what you're gonna risk to do it. You know what I'm saying? And then put your money in other safe investments that you know. It's going to go good. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how you play with your money. I learned that from, like, that drug dealer uncle logic that, you know, college couldn't teach you um, or, you know, um, a, a licensed financial advisor couldn't teach you either. You can learn it all on yourself, on your own. Right. For sure. Now, where, now, just real quick, man, where you stand on the, the new technology with the crypto, the blockchain, and stuff like that? What's kind of your quick thoughts on it? I think crypto is the future. Um, I think blockchain is really... That's the real meat of the of that whole you know fuss. Um, we look at back. We look back at the internet era. We all thought that email was the the thing. <laughs> you know that's what people invested in back right. in the '90s. They didn't invest in the internet. They invested in email. Like this is the next big thing. And it's the same with crypto. Eventually, the coins. You know they're gonna get regulated. Right. You know, let's just call it what it is. Eventually. The government is going to find a way to regulate it. It cannot stay anonymous long, 
But the shining, you know, coin out of that is blockchain. Right. And once that, you know, shows its real value, and it's already showing it now, but once it shows it 10 years down the line, people that stayed around, they're going to be real wealthy, period. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I, I was uh, watching a documentary on uh, Netflix. It was, um, it was called The Dark Web. And one, yeah. of, one of the things they touched on was the whole, you know, back in the day, um, you know, it was always like cryptocurrencies became like popular in the last two years along the mainstream. Yeah. But you remember the Silk Road days, you know yeah, what I'm saying? That's when I found out about Bitcoin. Yeah. I actually, you know, this is a side story. Um, I was, this was 2015. Um, I was freelance writing for a magazine out of New York mm-hmm. called uh, Makeshift Magazine. And they covered the informal economy. They they covered all that type of stuff. Um, but they were doing this new revamping of the web, of the of the magazine. They wanted to create a website that got more interactive, had videos. So they challenged me to travel to Philadelphia to meet with a guy who did business on the dark web. Mm-hmm. At that point, I didn't know what it was, but um, they kind of gave me the rundown. You know, it's the the evil internet, right? <laughs> but it's the it's the unregulated internet. So um, me and a partner of mine, we drove to Philly. Um, this guy, he really just lived off the grid. He didn't have a phone or he 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 communicated different. Mm-hmm. He didn't communicate with us at all. He only communicated with the editor-in-chief of the magazine. So we get to Philadelphia. We can't find this guy. So we've been there for, at this point, maybe 16 hours. And we're like, what, what's going on? You know, we mm-hmm. can't get him. We can't get the interview. We just like we just wasted our time. Finally, at the 25th hour, he gets in touch with the editor-in-chief, tell us where to meet him. We go to his apartment. He pulls it up, pulls up the dark web um, with a little, like, flash drive type thing, puts it in his computer, boop, 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 it comes up. He goes to the Silk Road, mm-hmm. and he's showing me and my partner, you know, this is where you buy this, 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 and this. And, you know, I'm the first question I ask is, how do you pay for this stuff? It can't. You cannot pay with can't pay with money. Yeah, yeah. You're going to get caught. And he said, oh, no, we use Bitcoin. It's going to be the future. That's all he said. He didn't say nothing else, you know, and he said it just so. Nonchalant. Yeah, like, yeah. It's Bitcoin. It's going to be the future. And, and I never paid attention to it. No more. But I went back into my stock footage. And the reason why I went back, um, the movie Dope came out okay. the next year. And that's the first scene of the movie. The, the guy, the head protagonist of the movie is telling his mother, in a minute, we only gonna be using Bitcoin right. for our life, and I'm like, dang, dude said that last year, and then I went back to my stock footage, and this dude said it, yeah. like, Bitcoin gonna be the future, and that's when I started taking notice in Bitcoin, and then I just saw this whole new world of cryptocurrencies, and you know the different groups of people that's using it, and the purposes that they're using it for is next level, and it's gonna be the next big thing. Absolutely, I mean, it's it's a uh that's such a huge one, and we're gonna do a uh, we're gonna do a crypto episode for sure, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I think people need to understand it, and they need to understand where they fit in as an investment world, and where they fit in as far as knowing the difference between you know utility tokens, you know security tokens, and it's, it's long list. We ain't gonna get into it right now, but I think that people as an investment opportunity, just like with any investment, you know. I tell so many people, they're like, well, what's the best stock to buy, you know, if I want to make a lot of money? I'm like, buy weed and porn stocks. If you really want to, if you really want to just make money, yeah. now, now, you know, then they, they get a little bit, uh, they let their moral compass judge yeah. that. But it's the truth, you know. Yeah. So I do think it's a big opportunity. So so tell me about 
the one thing, right? What is something that you left out of the wealth book that you was like, man, I wish I would have put that in there. What's the one thing like you thought, you know, maybe I need to cut it down. Maybe I need to pull it out. Maybe it's too much. You know, what's kind of that one thing that you left out? Uh, honestly, it was crypto. But okay. I did double back and I left it out intentionally. Number one, the assets that I wanted to highlight in wealth were those proven assets, mm-hmm. you know, and crypto in many people's eyes isn't proven yet. So right. I left it out for those purposes. But once I saw where the market was with my book, the audience gravitating towards it, et cetera, then I created an extra chapter and I did an extra chapter on crypto and it's on, you know, it's on my site. That's honestly the one thing that I, I left out. I did really want to go deeper into um, generational wealth mm-hmm. and especially specifically community reinvention using wealth. Right. But those again are things that I left out for intentional purposes. So I mean, I mean, I guess it's kind of spoiling it. I am working on another book okay. to, to to go into those things. So I left those out to just leave them open and just focus more on the individual. But the the main home run of wealth is for the community to be good. For everybody to be good, you know, it's cool when you straight, but is it really cool when somebody busts you over the head? You know what I'm saying? Because they ain't got nothing, All right. and you living in that environment still. You know, no, you can use your influence, aka wealth, to lift the next brother up, the next, the, you know, lift the next sister up, so that she, he or she has something too, and then y'all can build, and then they can build, and then we all can build. So, you know, that's those are the things I did leave out, and I left them out on purpose. Okay. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. So, to round everything off, man, of course, I appreciate you taking time to kind of hang out with us. You know, outside the, the grocery store, I know you're full of focus, full steam ahead on that. You got anything else on the horizon that you're working on right now that you can share with us? Uh, right now, um, I'm building my podcast stock up, you know, so I got into the audio because I think it is the future, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm building that up and, uh, you know, just doing interviews like this and, you know, just bringing a community of experts and, you know, influencers together because there's a lot of people that can really benefit from our voice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, other than that, that's pretty much it, man. I'm just been on a – I've been off the grid and locked in on the store. You know, gotcha. That's all I've really been doing is, is, is staying focused on that goal because it's such a tall order. So, um, you know, know, still working with the people that I've been working with, but um, for the most part, podcasts and this, you know what I'm saying? And, and, you know, touring with the book and getting it out. So That's what's up. So drop it, man. Uh, Drop where two things, where they can uh, support the the store. I know you got you doing some marketing campaigns on that right now. And also, if a person want to pick up a copy of Wealth. Uh, Right now, um... We're, at, we're on GoFundMe right now for the grocery store. Um, so you can go to my site, rightforright.com. Um, you can also go to that site to get my book, Wealth, my other book, How to Hustle. Um, we are revamping the Make the Hood Great Again uh, dad hat campaign because it's hot. So people going to be looking for that. So, you know, you can check for that as well. Um, but you also go on Amazon and Barnes & Noble for uh, Wealth and How to Hustle as well. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. In social media, man, how can people follow you? How can they uh, reach you? Yeah, um, all the same thing on Instagram and Twitter. That's Pharaoh underscore Rafa, but that's spelled F-A-I-R-O underscore R-A-F-A. Instagram and Twitter. Um, I don't do the Facebook. Um, I do LinkedIn as well, my first and last name. And, you know, you hit me in my DMs, hit me in my messages. We can always communicate, build, and make some stuff happen. Got some questions for me. Um, just hit me in the DM and I can get, get you some answers for sure. 
That's what's up, man. Well, hey, brother, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to hang out with us, sharing your insight to talk about your new book, Wealth, man. Wealth was dope. Um, I went through it. Like I say, guys, this is for anybody that can pick up this, anybody, any age group, no matter where you are, you can be one of the most financially sophisticated people, and I'm telling you, you're still going to have that aha moment. It's, it's definitely a page turner. I challenge anybody who get the book to get it done. Get your first read on in about two days. We're going to give you two days to do that. Then go back and study that bad boy and start applying the principles inside of there because I guarantee you can put you in, it can put you in a place to where you can be great with your money. Now, one thing real quick for you can do me from your brother, um, give the people, the listeners, like that one sentence motivation regarding around money. What would you close? What would you tell somebody that needed to be picked up off the ground when you're talking about money and wealth? Uh, if you can have the same philosophy of YOLO for living, put that to wealth. You only live once, so live, but if you only live once, get money doing so. Um, wealth is a requirement for everybody, so uh, don't ever, ever think that you never, you know, they don't think that you're too good to you know, strive to be wealthy, and it's for the kids as well, man. We got futures to build, so and be more conscious of your finances because you got kids and people that look up to you and people that's going to need your help going into the future. So, Awesome, man. I'm going to leave it with. I appreciate that, brother. Well, this your boy, James E. Anderson. That's another episode in the bag of the Be Great With Your Money podcast. Of course, guys, you can always follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff, at Anderson. And, of course, if you got any questions, to go ahead and get with me at the, uh, you know, email me directly, james at jda-solutions.com. If you want to connect with, with Raphael Wright, you know, you can follow him on Instagram. Definitely get the book, guys. I'm telling you, you want to go out there, you want to get this book. Listen, the one thing that I might do, I got a couple extra copies that I ordered, so I might be doing a giveaway pretty soon, so Keep your eye on that. We'll announce that somewhere. It's either going to be on Facebook, Instagram, somewhere. We can do that. We can do that. Okay. So the man said we're going to definitely do that. So what I want you guys to do, man, is go ahead and reach out. Follow me on um, YouTube if you have not, at IMJD Anderson. Got some great content coming out. And, of course, guys, we're always going to be locked in here at the Be Great With Your Money podcast where we discuss everything about business, money, capitalism, and finance. My name is James D. Anderson at IMJD Anderson, your host, your facilitator. And, of course, thank you for listening. Rate, subscribe, and all that good stuff, guys. And if you're into it, share it with somebody else so we can go ahead and get things shared with this uh, money thing here. So I appreciate you guys. And that is it for this episode. Hey guys, James Anderson here. Have you ever been stranded on the side of the road because you ran out of gas or your car just overheated? How about locking yourself outside of your vehicle? I'm telling you guys, that's me. I always lock myself out. But here's the thing. When you have an auto emergency, you tend to not make the best financial decisions and could quickly put yourself in a money snafu. In order to prevent that chaos, we have to make sure our vehicles are covered with a high quality roadside assistance program that's number one, affordable, and number two, accessible. That's why I love Road Ashore. Whether it's towing, needing some gas, or perhaps you just want to get a tire change, Road Ashore is always available 24-7, 365. You just call a simple toll-free number, and then for less than a few cups of coffee, you can be totally covered. And check this, you even get a 30-day free trial with the program. So you can roll on over to jda-solutions.com forward slash auto, A-U-T-O, jda-solutions.com forward slash auto to review the benefits and get going today. Listen, don't let being stuck on the side of the road cause you not to be great with your money. Again, that's jda-solutions.com forward slash A-U-T-O. This episode of the Be Great With Your Money podcast was brought to you by JDA Solutions, where strategy is how you win financially. 
Visit JDA-Solutions.com and click learn more for more information.